Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. My guest today is Simon T. Bailey, a breakthrough strategist, speaker, and author named by Success Magazine as one of the top 35 people that can help others reach their business and life goals. Simon, as you will soon find out, has a wonderful way of relaying how he interprets being successful by instead using the word significant. When he was sales director at Disney Institute, his evaluation of who he was and the job he was doing changed the direction in which he would travel. Despite being in a fantastic job, he realized he was a boss with an agenda instead of a leader with a vision, content but not happy and successful on the outside but insignificant on the inside. He is now a spark whisperer and he helps people discover their true spark in the same way he found his, with the aim of making people find their joy, their voice, and their freedom, and becoming significant. This leaves me very curious to find out more. He is a wonderful human being, as you are about to find out. It is an honor and a privilege to welcome on the Sandro Forte podcast today, Simon T. Bailey. Good to be with you. How are you, my friend? I'm very well indeed. We go back a long way, don't we? Yes, we do. And uh, I was, uh, I don't know, I think the, I I don't know, I I was uh, sensible enough with a committee at the time to give you the opportunity to speak on a main platform at a large event in the US and you absolutely knocked them dead. Uh, So it's been something I've been meaning to, to happen for quite some time to get you on this, uh, on this podcast. And uh, I really am so grateful that you found the time to be with us today. So let's dive straight in uh, if we can, because in 30 minutes, I'm not sure we can do you justice, but we'll do our best. So tell me about the life that led up to your role as sales director at Disney Institute. Disney took me through two years of interviews, 10 interviews specifically, and eventually a 10-page psychological analysis from the Gallup organization And I think they finally realized I wasn't going away. So they said, let's just give them a job. So uh, (laughs) it was it was great to be a part of one of the seventh most recognized brands in the world. So really successful job. I mean, many people would would kill to have that on their CV. But there you are in a really successful job. What on earth then triggers or helps you discover that moment when you started evaluating who you you were, I guess, and recognizing why you weren't truly happy? Yeah, I think for me, the moment started when I was in Paris. Uh, Disney had sent me to Paris, uh, Disneyland Paris, to design a leadership program for Barclays Bank out of London for a thousand of their leaders. And there I'm in Paris and Lion King had just come out. And I said, remember who you are. You are more than what you have become. I like had this moment, right? And I realized in that instant that I had worked hard enough to keep a job and had been doing just enough to keep from getting fired, but there was no love, there was no fire, there was no spark in my eyes. So I I realized when I left Paris to return back to Orlando, Florida, 
I said, you know what? I got to create an exit strategy because I don't want to arrive to the end of my life and say, why didn't I go for it? Wow. So um, there's a lot of people out there. You know, I, I know it's it sounds pretty easy, but there's lots of people out there that, that say, okay, you know, I'm not truly happy, but, um, you know, how do I make that move? Where, how do I... How do I find it within myself to a recognize that I'm not really truly happy? And there's look, Simon. There's lots of people listening today, me included, that have those moments of reflection where we think, you know, what am I really doing? What I what I truly want to do? Am I the person I really want to be? But how do I a assess that and b make a transition to a new place? Yeah. So in in the a part of your question and really assessing it, it starts with answering the question, what makes me come alive? I was reading a book at the time written by an author named John Elbridge in his book, Wild at Heart. He says, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive because what the world needs are people who come alive. So you start there. And then once you answer that question, then the, the follow-up question is, so if I know what makes me come alive, what problem have I been created to solve? And how do I now build out a plan or at least take a step in the direction of solving problems because it ties to me becoming alive? Lovely. Nice. Um, I'm just going to take one step back before we go on to talk about Spark because that's a very interesting uh, part of what, what you do. And I'm going to talk a, a little bit about your career and how you help people. But taking that step back to Disney, I remember from a number of your presentations I've heard now um, across the world, just tell us a little bit, a little bit more about that journey. Because I mean, there's some uh, some fabulous anecdotes and some really funny stories that you tell. I know we don't have time today, but um, just tell us a little bit more about that that whole journey and one or two of the stories that you recount when you're on the stages of the big platforms of the world. So one of the stories I remember vividly when I worked at Disney, uh, many times you're, you have to go and work in the parks when it gets really busy. So this particular day I'm at Hollywood Studios and I'm, I've got a broom in my hand, a, a dustpan and uh, my name tag that says Simon T. Bailey from Buffalo, New York. And I'm sweeping the streets of Sunset Boulevard and some guests approach me. And what I recognize, I ask them, how are you doing? How's it going? And they said, oh, we've done this, we've done that. And I said, oh, while you're here, you got to go and experience that. And that's when it clicked for me that Disney didn't hire me to do a job because a job stands for just over board. They hired me to create a moment. And that has forever shaped how I show up every single day in life to really think about the moments that you create for people. I love that. Just overboard. Um, there's a lot of people be listening thinking, yep, I've got one of those. Um, so, Simon, how do we, you know, with all your, your experience and the expertise um, that, that you have, how do, we, how do we go about making those changes to our personal and professional happiness? How do we start that process and how do we continue the process moving forward? I think we have to examine our lives in, in three specific Buckets. The first bucket is that personal side of really identifying your passions, your fortitude, the, the values, things that make you who you are. Then that second bucket is when I look at my journey and as it relates to my work, where have I been most successful? What brought me joy? Where did I make a difference? Where did I feel like I was in the zone? And then that third bucket is the future. 
Now, here's the reality. The future is created in the present. So if I want to change tomorrow, I start today by looking at my, my work journey, looking at my personal journey, and then making decisions every single day to say, what are the new habits I must adapt if I'm going to create a better future? What is the behavior I must live? But even more importantly, what is the language that I'm using that creates that better future? I'm going to record the last 30 seconds of what you just said, because you've just bottled it all up there in about 30 seconds. And I'm going to make sure I find a way of uh, playing that back to myself every single day from, from here and on. The future being created in the present, again, uh, something that I guess we probably all know, but uh, need to have it articulated by somebody like you to really understand uh, how we make that transition. So thank you. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a wonderful piece of advice. Spark, um, the work you do as a Spark Whisperer, tell us what that is, first of all. So I sat down with an instructional designer that used to work at Disney University, and I said to her, what is it that we know after working with 1,800 organizations in 49 countries? What's the common thread? And what we discovered, every brand, every organization that creates customers for life, that have employees that enjoy working there, it's because they have a spark, a man or woman who has decided to go the extra end a man or woman that wakes up every single day and who understand that a paycheck is given to people who show up, but opportunities are given to people who work beyond and think beyond what they're paid to do. They have that spark in their eyes and that fire in their belly. Goodness. And, where, and, and the work that you do then, um, what kind of people come to you for, for guidance, Simon? So recently, just had an organization that came to us and said, can you help us create a spark culture? So I said, we have to start with leaders because people don't leave organizations. They leave emotionally clueless leaders that don't give a rip about their people. Then when I work with teams, I say, okay, how do you show up every single day and shift from me to we? How do we make it about the team? So everybody is, is cross-pollinating and understanding what each other does, and they're not just protective of their turf. And then finally, I work with individuals, also one-on-one, who say, you know what? I lost my spark. I'm just showing up. The lights are on, but nobody's at home. So I help them to find that spark again within themselves and to be fearless and create the future. So how exactly do you help them find that the joy, the voice, the freedom you talk about uh, in your presentations and in the work you do uh, as a spark whisperer? You know, what, what is, uh, you know, can you give us a couple of examples of the kind of process, if, if that's the right word, that you take these, these people and organizations on? Yeah, I'll give you a great example. So there's a young lady by the name of Olivia. She lives in Killarney, uh, Ireland, and mm. she came. About seven years ago, she was working in another job, and she said, I really know that I've got more to offer. And I simply said to her, it's not who you are that holds you back. It's who you think you're not. What would you do if, if, if you knew you couldn't fail? So she said, I would like to start a company. And so I said, here's what I'm going to do. If you make the commitment to start the company February 1st, I'm going to fly across the pond and help launch your company on that day. 
But I gave her about six months of work, specific things that she had to do, relationships she had to build, um, a website, a business card, purpose, all these things. And she did the work. Sure enough, she launched February 1st. Fast forwarding seven years later, I just talked to her a few days ago, and her business has done over a million pounds. She's done extremely well. And she said, it's all because I realized that I was waiting for it to happen uh, uh, to me instead of for me. She realized the best hand that would feed her was the one at the end of her wrist. So I just held her accountable to stay on the path to find that spark and to make it happen. Wow. Kudos to you, my friend. So I'm going to just ask you a a, a personal question because I know you uh, probably better than every listener out there right now. Um, Every time I've spoken to you, every time I've seen you present, you are a bundle of energy. You you entertain uh, audiences and, you know, leave them with some amazing um, ideas for personal transformation. But how do you show up every single day? Because I have never, ever um, bumped into you, spoken to you, or seen you present where you haven't been on your game. How, how then does Simon T. Bailey show up every single day? You know, Sandra, it's so funny you asked that question. I think I've learned to take my meds. And a friend of mine, I was talking to today, <laughs> and she said, have you taken your meds? And I was like, what do you mean? She said, are you meditating, exercising, dieting? and sleeping. And when I started to get into a rhythm and routine of taking my meds, meditating at least 15 minutes a day, uh, ensuring that I exercise, I walk, something to move my body, but then eating properly and sleeping. When you put all that together, you're able to show up authentic and be in flow. Well, I I think I get most of those right. I'm not sure about the sleeping thing, but anyway, we'll work on that one. So, you know, you've been on this this journey of personal discovery yourself, Simon. How much much better, therefore, do you think you're placed that helps you, therefore, help others achieve the same same outcomes? Oh, my goodness. Listen, I am flawed, perfectly imperfect. I have failed more times than I can count on one hand. And... Uh, I, I recently have been going to therapy in the last year or so, just doing my own work. And the therapist has said to me, Simon, whatever you don't deal with will eventually deal with you. So I realized I've had to face the dark night of the soul. I've had to dress, address some generational things. And as I have embraced them, instead of running from them, it allows me to show up and just be in this moment with you, with Nothing to sell, but just my authenticity and my journey. I, I'm not going to tackle you on, uh, on on the personal side of what you've just been speaking about, Simon. But just as a as a passing comment, um, perhaps a, a couple of ideas since um, that that process of self discovery, the identification that we are all troubled in one way, shape, or form to a greater or lesser extent. How does one uh, deal with the demons, the challenges, the you know, the, the, the mental illness, which is, you know, fortunately, people are much more aware of that uh, in, this, in the current time that we, we live in. Um, how do people uh, confront some of those things? And what advice would you give to people who, you know, might feel that therapy takes many different forms? So let's not just focus on one thing, but how, how do people uh, identify and, and what advice could you give them to, to make 
take positive action to help them deal with some of those challenges? Yeah. So I'll give you three recommendations. The first one is, let's say I don't have money to go see a therapist. Well, sit down and write in a journal. Get it out of you. Writing is therapeutic within itself. So just the mere fact that you put it on paper, it allows you to step back and observe from a different viewing point. Oh my goodness, here's where I'm at. So that's a form of release. The second thing is never forget the power of connectedness, being in relationship instead of isolation. One of my things that I have, uh, that's really a fault. I like to go within, I shut down and I don't talk. And what I recognize I cannot isolate and become better. So I have to be in relationships with individuals who don't necessarily judge me or want to fix me, but will just hear me out and let me process and throw pain against the wall as I'm articulating the journey. And I think the third thing is honoring where you are and being real about where you live instead of pretending as if everything is okay. And it's so it's really honoring and then committing that tomorrow I'm going to take one step forward and it's going to be better than today. Let me just add this other little piece to that. Sometimes we beat ourselves up by looking through the rear view mirror instead of the windshield of what is coming. We're looking through the rear view mirror of what we missed. And so how do we continue to look forward instead of moving backward? I love that. That is a great analogy for life um, and very well articulated. So I know you've also written several books. You know, not only you are annoyingly good speaker, you're also a prolific author. Uh, you know, and, and I say annoyingly good speaker, it's only because I'm slightly envious. Um, <laughs> you've, you've, <laughs> you've also written um, several books. Where on earth do you find the time? And, and tell us about those. So for me, writing is just carving out time to write maybe three to 500 words weekly or every other week. And it's that discipline that over a year or many years, you look back and you begin to compile and say, oh my goodness, here's a book. So I never start off with, here's a book. I start off with, where am I in my journey? And how do I honor that and write from that place? Uh, any, any, one, any of those books you're particularly proud of? Any that, if, you know, if we had to buy one of the books, which one would it be? I would probably say Be the Spark, uh, because that is just something, it's taken me 30 years to write that book and, and really live it. So Be the Spark is, how do I show up in life to be the spark personally and professionally? Because the lines are blurred now between business and personal. And how do I be that consistent spark for everyone and realize that serving is the new selling? And when I serve... In selling, I'm becoming the spark for those that I serve. Yeah, as I said, you're super talented, far too talented for me. Um, now, obviously, as I've mentioned, Simon, you're also a speaker. Uh, what kind of people come to your presentations and how do you convey all your wonderful messages to such a large audience? Well, I, I am so deeply honored for many of the organizations that I've worked with that just recently spoken for, for Google and and MasterCard, just to name a few. What I recognize is it's not so much about the speech or why they brought me into the room. Obviously, my CV has got me in the door. It's how do I listen to understand instead of listening to respond? That's the first thing. The second thing is how do I create an original experience for them while I'm teaching or sharing? 
instead of being an annoying echo. And then the third thing is I am forever a student. So I don't just come to show up on stage, but then I want to sit in on all the other sessions, all the other speakers and learn, unlearn and relearn so that it shapes me to be a better, uh, not a speaker, but a thinker. So I'm telling speakers right now, you're not paid to speak. You're paid to think on your feet. And the way you think on your feet is by understanding the same letters that spell the word listen, spell the word silent. That's what I love about you because you and I share a belief. Every, every gig I've ever attended where I've spoken, I've also sat through every other speaker's presentation and I could not agree more with what you've just said. And it is extraordinary to me, uh, the number of speakers out there that, um, you know, they show up, they do their thing and then they leave and, and miss an opportunity to learn so much from other people. So, uh, yeah, amen to that one. So your work on the board of the uh, US Dream Academy, and for those that don't know what that is, uh, it, it's an organization that helps high school graduation rates of children of parents that are incarcerated, right? So um, another am- amazing string to your bow, Simon. Tell us a little bit about the work that you do there. What I love about the US Dream Academy is they believe a child with a dream is a child with a future. And so the parents may be incarcerated, but how do we ensure that children don't follow in their footsteps and they finish high school and they go to college and they become productive citizens? So we teach them character leadership training, just how do they build character and model how to be the best version of themselves in the world? And so we're in eight cities around the United States, been around for 20 years. And the results that we've had of of students who have graduated on time and have gone on to college and now in the workforce is just amazing. Wow. And um, you are a highly decorated individual, are you not? So awards, uh, apologies if I'm misquoting or leaving any out, but they include, I believe, Honorary Doctorate of Philosophy and Humanities from Kiowa uh, International University, United Graduate College and Seminary International in Kampala, Uganda, for your Global Impact and the World Civility Award from iChange Nations and acknowledged as a World Civility Ambassador. You, you're, you're, you're quite the guy, aren't you? <laughs> I'm truly in service to humanity. Well, you know what? I, and I know you're a very modest guy as well, Simon. That's what we all love about you. But, you know, you have achieved some extraordinary things. One thing I, I've always noticed about you from the day we first met is that you have a real, a real passion, and I mean a genuine passion for helping others. Is this something that is innate to you, or has that developed as a result of your own life experiences? So I think it's developed uh, from my own life experiences because when I left Disney and cashed in my entire retirement plan, took out a line of credit on my house, uh, there was no one to throw me a lifeline. And I promised myself if I really achieved anything that I would reach back and pull someone up or pull someone forward or extend an olive branch or just help someone because I believe in the law of reciprocity. What goes around comes around. Good for you. What is it about your what is it about your work, Simon, that you find most rewarding? Oh my I mean, goodness. And there's there's many aspects to what you do. <laughs> um, of course, but what is it? What did you get from all of this amazing stuff that you do for so many people and so many organizations? Well, the first one is going to be personal is it's made me a better father. 
uh, I went through a divorce after being married for 25 years because I was so focused on business and I neglected my children. And now I realize on the other side of it that my most important job is to be a better dad, first businessman, second. So, so that's the first thing. The second thing is I receive emails, texts, uh, social media posts from people from all over the world weekly who have read a book, saw a video, heard me, heard a podcast, and they did something and they tell me what they did. And it just absolutely becomes the, the, the wind beneath my wings that keeps me going. And then, and probably just the third thing, I show up every single day to hug people with my words. Uh, I, I'm not a, I'm not an athlete, not an entertainer. Uh, I am a linguist. Uh, words are, are how I do what I do. And I've just decided that I'm going to hug people with my words. Oh, that's nice. Very nicely put. So I probably know the answer to this question now based on what you've just said, but what, what does success mean to Simon T. Bailey? What is it? What do people look for when they come to you and say, Simon, I want to be more successful. I know that's a very big question because success means lots of different things to lots of different people. And I'm not just talking about business, but, um, you know, personal aspirations as well. But what is, what, what have you discovered that success really means? Success really means how do I shift from being successful, which is an impression, to really being significant, which leaves an imprint. And when you make that slight shift in your mental thinking, all of a sudden, you don't chase money, money chases you, and you move from me to we, because you understand that significance becomes the imprint on the head, the heart, and the hands of every person that is impacted by your work. That's significant success. Yeah, absolutely. So um, thinking about all that you've, you've achieved, and there's going to be many people listening to you today, really identifying with so much that you've said and shared so openly, and, and we do thank you for that. Um, I, there's a lot of people that will be thinking, well, Simon's just what is just that rare breed. He's the guy that can turn his hand to anything. And you know, the words he uses and the things he does, he just, you know, he just gets it all happens so easily for him. You mentioned earlier, Simon, that, you know, you can count the number of failures or, or challenges um, many times over. But, you know, uh, to try and put you and your success into some kind of perspective, um, tell us a little bit about some of those challenges and obstacles that you've faced along the way, you know, because it, it hasn't always been plain sailing for you, has it? I mean, from your upbringing, uh, right the way through to the to the to the time we find ourselves in now with um, some of the ongoing challenges. Uh, what, you know, to help people understand is what I'm asking you is: Can you help people to understand that uh, Simon T. Bailey isn't a superhero? He is an ordinary guy who's done extraordinary things. And you know, if you can stick to um, some of those basic principles that you've been focusing on and deal with the challenges that come your way, you know, you can still achieve really successful outcomes. Yes, I'll tell you straight away. My parents dropped me off at college in Atlanta, Georgia. After my first year in college, they said, we don't have the money to send you back for your second year, nor do we have money to bring you back home to Buffalo, but we do love you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so at 19 years of age, Sandro, I'm living in a drug-infested community, though I was not on drugs. I've got a mattress on the floor a beanbag from the 70s, and I'm on public transportation, right? And I'm working at a little hotel making $5.10 an hour US. And uh, it's probably the lowest point in my life. 
And what I recognized, I could complain or I could do something about what I was going through. So fast forwarding, I did go back to school, finish my undergrad degree. It just took me 10 years to do it. I was on the 10 year plan. So <laughs> <laughs> lesson number one, get over comparison inferiority complex. In other words, just because you don't finish in four years like everyone else doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. <laughs> That's the first thing. I think the second thing is embrace uh, the journey and, and don't get so focused on the destination. Uh, so many times I wanted to get out of having a poverty mindset feeling like I was living in the ghetto of Atlanta, Georgia. This is what my life was going to be. And I recognized that I needed to start reading and elevating my thinking. So I had to embrace where I was and just realize if I could save a dollar, then maybe I can save $2. Maybe I could get a better job. Maybe I could get a promotion. And I just realized I had to put one foot in front of the other. And then the third thing is, uh, relationships are the currency of the future. So who are the relationships that have your ear because they determine your life? Who are the individuals that challenge your thinking? So you have to look around you to say, who's around me that is enabling me to be better or enabling me to stay where I am? Mm. What is it about your work that you find most rewarding, Simon? That it's forever changing. <laughs> I've been doing this now 70 years. I'm now on my fifth reinvention. <laughs> oh, that, and there, there, there's another important lesson, right? So, um, you know, re reinvention of oneself over time. Yes. And uh, this, this, the world has forever changed. And what I recognize, what got me here won't get me there. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've been doing some deep uh, soul searching to understand how do I be relevant in the next year, two, three years from now? How do I continue to add value? Love that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as we come to a, con a conclusion to this, uh, this wonderful podcast with so many takeaways, um, what, a couple more questions. What, what's the greatest lesson you've learned uh, over that period of time? So in the words of my friend, Willie Jolly, he has this powerful statement. He says a setback is a setup for a comeback. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. We must get him on the podcast as well. Um, and, and, and finally, I guess, uh, before the last couple of questions, what, what character traits, um, for all those listening, you know, if we, if we could work on, you know, maybe a couple of things to help us become better people, to help um, shape our communities, the world at large, what, what character traits would you say, based on your experience, Simon, we could possibly look to work on to help us achieve better outcomes? I think the first one is giving is more important than receiving. Uh, when you give, it releases uh, chemicals within you that literally make you feel better. Giving is more important than receiving. I think the second thing is understanding that um, the word education comes from a word called educari. It means to draw out. So it's not just about what I'm putting in, but what is being drawn out of me through questions, right? So the quality of my questions determine the quality of my thinking. And I think the third thing is to recognize that the job of a leader, everyone listening to us right now, you are a leader because somebody is following you somewhere. And here's, here's why this is important. The job of a leader is to invite men and women on a journey. 
to find the leader within themselves while they're following you. So a leader can never take a, pers a person to a place that he or she has not been themselves. Wow, I, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to find a way of bottling all this. Um, it's been it's been terrific. Uh, what does the future hold for you then, Simon? And you know the the fifth iteration of Simon T. Bailey. What what does what does that look like now moving forward? So the as you probably know, the United Nations has established 17 sustainable goals that they want to achieve by 2030. And one of those goals, goal number four, is quality education. So I'm looking at how do we create the Simon T. Bailey Online Institute that helps people every day, every way, everywhere. And, and, and so, for instance, if I have an online course, how do we invite people to take a course and we give a course to the least, the last, and the lost? Uh, around the world. That's that's where my heart is. That's what I want to be remembered for. Good for you, man. Right. A um, couple of quick final questions. Everybody is going to be scrambling for their laptops, iPads, and phones, trying to find out how they learn more about Simon T. Bailey and all his amazing work and the books and all the other things that you're doing. So help us out with that. Where do we where do we find out more information? Website, social media presence, all that, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Simon T. Bailey, T like terrific. Uh, SimonTBailey.com is where all the information is. <laughs> T like terrific. I love it. <laughs> and then on social media, Simon T. Bailey. Okay, nice and easy. And the final question, Simon, uh, you've already shared a lot. And, and again, we do thank you so much for such an incredible insight and so many fabulous takeaways um, from the podcast today. Um, one of your children who, who let's be honest, must be very proud of their dad because he's done some amazing things and will continue to do so, I'm sure, into, well into the future. Um, if one of them came up to you and said, look, dad, you know, I'm 16, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about uh, my path in life, don't really know where I want to go, but I'd really like a few words of wisdom to help me on that journey for me to really get focused on how I can find my way. What would the Simon T. Bailey words of advice be to that, to that younger version of himself? You know, I would say, uh, number one, love God. Number two, love yourself. Number three, love people. Oh, what a, what a fabulous way to end a really, really terrific podcast. Uh, I won't call it an interview. They're not interviews. They're, they're like conversations. So um, I, it's been a thrill, a thrill and an honor for me to reconnect with you. And uh, thank you for sharing so many amazing things with, with, you know, an ever growing audience and, uh, God bless you. And long may you continue to do all those great things that you do. Thank you, my friend. Good to be with you. Us, of course, on the Sandro Forte podcast, wasn't Simon Bailey absolutely amazing, such an inspiring, such a, a beautiful human being. I can say that with great sincerity each week. Remember, we have a new guest joining us to share their own insights into achieving success as Simon has done or overcoming life challenges as Simon has done. So please make sure you subscribe, follow us on social media, Sandro's Podcast. Questions to hello at sandrospodcast.com. Don't forget to connect with me, Sandro Forte, on uh, social media. It's the real Sandro Forte on Instagram. And remember, if you leave the reviews on iTunes and, uh, and like our social media posts, you'll be automatically entered into a draw to win one of the prizes donated by one of our guests on the Sandro Forte Podcast. Until our next guest, this time, in a week's time, goodbye for now.